It's NRL Fantasy presented by Yui. I'm your host, Hayley Burns, and with me is expert Chris Kennedy, uh, the man, Steve Turner, who goes, who goes by uh, the nickname Zap, uh, which we'll talk about eventually one day. And then to my left is uh, Dom Brooke, uh, also very knowledgeable in all things fantasy. So was that Chris Kennedy, the man, and Steve Turner, or Chris Kennedy? I think, and I think Steve Turner is Steve. the man. You know what? Yeah. It's, it's early. We're, it's midweek. We haven't had enough coffee, but um, a lot of uh, we actually got to see some footy over the weekend. We saw some trial football. Uh, we'll be delving into a few of those insights from some of the players that we watched uh, throughout this podcast. But to begin, let's start off with the halves. Uh, we've got a list. We're going to do the same thing again. As we did last week, a bit of a top 10 kind of list for you. We're going to go hard and at number one, Bryce Cartwright, new club, uh, you know, get rid of all that old stuff and moving forward, what are we thinking from him at the Titans? Yeah, the most owned half and second rower in the game at the moment. He's uh, he's someone who we didn't see a lot of in the trials last week. He only played 20 odd minutes, I think, at the start of the game, didn't have a lot of involvement. Um, but the fact that he played in the 13 jersey and he's been named in the 13 jersey again this week, it sounds like Garth Brennan's pretty invested in him in a roving lock type role, which I think suits him. He hasn't scored particularly well when he's nailed to an edge playing back row in the past, but when he's uh, had that roving 5-8 role, for example, he, he does get those tackle breaks and those offloads and those attacking stats. So if Garth Brennan can work out how to get the best out of him this year in a roving role, he could be set for a lot of upside and obviously is nice and cheap after a horror year scoring last year. As you say, CK, the cheapness, 325k mark and a dual position player is certainly the big carrot for um, fantasy coaches and, and why they've obviously picked Bryce Cartwright in their side and um, you know, I've touched on over a few of the podcasts about how he's a bit of an X-factor for the Titans and um, as you say he's more than likely going to be playing in the lock position but um, if he can find that form that we saw from him over the last a few seasons ago and obviously working close with Garth Brennan you know, we could probably see the best of Bryce Cartwright at the Titans in 2018. Yeah, two years ago, he was a bit of a gun in fantasy, scored about 50 points a game, playing 5-8 alongside Cleary, two very different kind of halves. Um, and yeah, I guess they're looking for a similar kind of role at the Titans this year. As you said, CK, in the second row, he can be a bit of a... Defensively, he's not great. Yeah. If he gets isolated a bit out wide, he can miss some tackles. If he's playing in the middle, he's probably more likely to at least not cop those missed tackles with some help around him. Um, you know, he's an offload threat, one of the best offloaders in the game, um, can create scoring opportunities for teammates, So, and he's so cheap. He only played um, 49 minutes on average last year, spent a lot of time on the sidelines uh, for various reasons, so yeah, if he gets back to what he can do, uh, he's great value this year. I'm glad you mentioned his defence, because there's a sort of a, a theory out there that if you can't defend on an edge, how's he going to defend the middle yeah. against the big boys? Like you say, he gets more help in the middle, and on an edge, that's when you get isolated by those fast centres and those you know, running halves, whereas in the in the middle, I think he does have that help around him. He's going to get far fewer missed tackles um, than he would on an edge, which is great for fantasy. Number two on our list, uh, a bit of a manly man of mystery this season, is Lachlan Croker. He comes in at 228k uh, bargain price, but obviously a lot of pressure on him. Are we going to see his first, uh, I guess, you know, attempt running alongside Daly this weekend against the Roosters or what are we expecting from him? Well yeah I was at the Manly trial last weekend they didn't play any of their playmakers so um, you know Travojevic, Terry Evans, Croker, Coruscant all these guys didn't play so we didn't get a look at either him or any of his potential sort of playmaking 
teammates. So this weekend, Shapes is the only real hit out. Um, but yeah, bargain basement half who looks set to play 80 minutes is pretty hard to say no to. And I think last week we saw Jackson Hastings was given an opportunity in the number six jersey. And he's obviously another capable player to you know, play in the halves alongside DCE. But you know, I think Lachlan Croke, as you say, CK, the, ba- the bargain price, 228k. Um, it's, it's been the talk of the summer who's going to partner DCE in the, uh, in the halves. And He's going to get an opportunity uh, this week. So, yeah, look, it's the price, I think, that um, has really enticed fantasy coaches, to be honest, Haley. As yeah. I said, 228000 And um, anticipated 80 minutes. Yeah, and anticipated 80 minutes. Obviously, got big shoes to fill. We saw what Blake Green did last year with Manly, but um, certainly the price is um, what's drawing fantasy coaches into Lachlan Croker. Yeah, you can't really go wrong, considering how cheap he is. Um, we have had cheap halves in the past who haven't gone on to make the money that uh, we would have hoped Kane LG was it last year, the year before. Mm. Um, Jaden Nicarima. Jaden Nicarima, yeah. So these guys who score only about 20 points a game don't make a lot of money. So fingers crossed that's not going to be the case with Croker. I mean, you know, it's a chance. Ch- Cherry Evans is a dominant half already this year, even more so you would expect. He'll do probably all the kicking. Um, he'll be the go-to playmaker. So you, you hope Croker gets involved a fair bit mm. um, to you know score, score you at least a few points. 25, 30 points a game. He's got a great running game. We've seen his junior kangaroos days. He, he can really challenge the line and, and break the line. So hopefully he brings that uh, at Manly and racks up a few tackle rusts and line breaks. Number three on our list, Brody Croft, soon to be uh, not just known as Cooper Cronk's replacement in every single headline and commentary. Uh, he averaged 55 just four games last year. Uh, he comes in at 558k. Chris, go to you. Well, I mean, he had a brilliant uh, World Club Challenge game against Leeds, so he's obviously picked up where he left off last season. He's way more expensive than what you want for a, a rookie teenage half in fantasy, but the fact that he um, he's playing do, in such a good system... Do you think that system, price is because he is at the Storm and... It's just last year's performance. Yeah. Purely off the stats, yeah, but it's... Um, you'd want to... Pay, if you're paying that much, you'd want to see a bit more pedigree over a period of time than to splash that on a rookie in case it's been inflated by a few... Um, really big attacking games, and he's not going to keep that up all year. So it's um, it's a little bit of a risk, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting to note, you know, he's risen from fifth to third in within the space of a week, obviously, for the back of his performance in that World Club Challenge. And um, as you say, a young kid who's got big shoes to fill down there at the Storm. I, I went down to Melbourne at the start of the week and caught up with Billy Slater, and I asked him about... Bro- I asked... He's going to ask him about Brody Croft and, you know, what will he bring to the Storm, and... You know, has he modelled his game on Cooper? And I suppose when you watch Brodie Croft play, a lot of it resembles... It looks exactly, it looks the, same exactly the same as Cooper, the way he runs, the way Slot he kicks thing. the ball, the way um, he directs the team around. And he's idolised, I suppose, Cooper over the last couple of, uh, couple of seasons. And why wouldn't you? So, look, he's a, he's a quality half. And, he can t- and if he can continue that form that he showed in the World Club Challenge and you know some of that form that he showed last year, he's certainly going to be a fantasy dream this year. And um, it's no... I suppose, coincidence why he's gone from fifth to third, most recruited half in the space of a week. I look forward to seeing that uh, interview with uh, Yes, I've with Billy, but yes, uh, it should be good. But yeah, look, it's exciting to see Croft. It's almost like when you watched the storm last weekend, it was like nothing had, nothing had changed, nothing had changed yeah. with Brody Croft there. Yeah, he knows his way to the try line as well. He scored four tries last year. Um, you know, he likes to, to take on the line, which is promising for someone so young. Um, yeah, I don't think there's that much downside. He's, his break-even still 38 because of the discount of only playing four yeah. games last year, and I think he scored better than that in all these games last year, albeit including tries. So, yeah, I mean, he could be a 45-point player. He could actually be a better fantasy player than 
Cooper Cronk is, just as a different yeah. kind of slightly back yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as someone who's a potential gun, maybe, but a lot cheaper than the the you know, mm. top level guys, is a pretty good option. Coming in at number four on our list is uh, Connor Watson. Now he's set to run out up there in Maitland. I believe you're going to be a man on the scene there, Steve, too. You can report back to us next week. But uh, his first uh, guest go, running alongside Mitchell Pierce this weekend for Newcastle Knights. Uh, different team structure, it's all new. What are we thinking, CK? Um, he's in my team at the moment, just yeah. purely based off what should be a huge increase in minutes due to all these games off the bench for the Roosters. Last year, there's so many question marks over the Knights. How good are they going to be? How many points are they going to score? What's the combination between Watson and Pierce going to be like? Um, I think we're pretty safe that, that Watson's going to get first crack at the number six jersey, but if they're not winning after six weeks, does Brock Lamb come in and Watson goes back to the bench? So there's a few unknowns there still. And the thing at the, at the Knights this year, they've got an abundance and depth in the halves area. And I think, as we touched on, you know, Connor Watson, most of his career has been spent you know, coming off the interchange bench, filling in at six, filling in at nine, filling in at one. But an asset to Connor Watson's game, which is huge when it comes to five is his running game. You know, Mitchell Pierce will obviously be the man when it comes to you know, laying on tries and you know, setting, up, you know, setting up the play. And a big part of Connor's game is his running game. And I think if he can bring that to the Knights um, this year and play more minutes, as you say, CK, um, he certainly fantasy numbers will go up. But, um, yeah, look, I'm excited to see the new look Knights 6 and 7. It's um, been spoken about all off-season. We saw um, a little bit of that against the Melbourne Storm a couple of weeks ago, that trial with um, Mitchell and Connor. But um, there'll be a fairly can hit out this week for the boys against the Parramatta Eels. So I'm looking forward to seeing Connor Watson. I think he himself probably looking forward to cementing a spot. Um, it's probably... Yeah, he's, he's capable of being that utility player, but um, I think cementing the number six and that running game will certainly help him. Yeah, it's the reason he joined the Knights was to get for, you know, be a yeah. first-choice 5 Um In fantasy-wise, his scoring has actually been best when he's played at fullback, when he gets that space to run. Um, five, he hasn't played that much in the halves, played a bit at hooker. Um, yeah, it's really down to the running game. So whether he's going to be a, a Cameron Munster-style you know, fantasy gun, mostly as a ball runner rather yeah. than a playmaker, or... A, you know, a guy who doesn't do that much playmaking and a, not to pick on Kane LG again, but that kind of <laughs> that kind of player who doesn't really do that much kicking, but also isn't that you know done. So let's run. say so, Kane LG is not in Dom's side. He has been before. It's, it's a point. So uh, yeah, he's got the talent though, Watson, to to bust tackles and score and set up tries. So fingers crossed, he'll do that. He'll, his minutes will double this year. So that alone, you know, yeah. is a good reason to. Pick him up. The NRL Fantasy League is sponsored by Yui. Yui customers have saved over $1 million with Yui rewards on offers like $30 off Ticketek vouchers. Visit yui.com.au slash rewards. Coming in at number five is JT at 647k. He averaged 58 in 2015, 48 in 2016, broke even uh, 44 mm. uh, last year. The great man, Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, an injury-ravaged uh, 2017 season. He's been a fantasy uh, gun in the past. Certainly getting towards the end of his career now. Can he recapture that, that form um, at his best? He does, you know, he gets plenty of goals when the Cowboys are going well. He um, gets heaps and heaps of assists, which is where he gets a lot of his points from in the kick metres. Um, we do have a situation where Michael Morgan really grew as a, as a playmaker last year. So how much of the, you know, we haven't really seen those two together 
since. So whether Michael Morgan now assumes a bit more of the responsibility and potentially takes some points off Thurston and whether he's just getting a bit old to be the, the fantasy force he once was is a few question marks there. But I think the thing with JT this year is no origin, so that's not yep. going to hamper um, him and fantasy coaches and, uh, and the Cowboys themselves through the origin period. But another one I think for JT this year where fantasy coaches can get a few more points out we brought in the scoring system where mm. you can mm. you get points for repeat sets of six. And JT's probably one of the best in the competition yeah. when it comes to building pressure, um, forcing repeat sets of six. So, um, look, he sits at number five, as you say, 647,000. CK is getting closer to the end of his career, but I think maybe that ability to force repeat sets and get points will certainly entice fantasy coaches to throw JT in their side. Yeah, he's a... Bit of a weird one because he's not a perfect fit for fantasy just because you know he doesn't miss a few tackles, he's not the biggest guy, it's gonna happen if you're a half, he gets targeted a lot. So he really relies on heaps of trices to like that year he scored fifty-eight, he just had a stupid number of trices that that season. And that might change TK as you say, with Michael Morgan just becoming a superstar last mm. year. They now have two dominant, you know, kangaroos yeah. halves. Um they don't need to rely on Thurston like they used to, the Cowboys. So it's hard to know whether he goes he goes up or down because of that. Um, the force dropouts will help him, as you say. Is that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Morgan might take a few points off him this year. Mm. You touch on superstars there. A young superstar coming up, uh, Nathan Cleary. Uh, gun, uh, rock-solid base. But a uh, question for you, though, will Jimmy Maloney be taking some of those points? Well, that is one of the big questions, isn't it? I think he will be one of the best-scoring fantasy halves in the game again this year, but... Jeez, he's expensive. Was it 818000 for a guy who... He's probably going to keep goals. He told me at the uh, the Fox League launch yesterday that he's going to start off as the, the goal kicker, and that's been all the indications through the preseason. So he's not going to lose goals, we don't think, but even then, um, he's probably going to keep most of the kick metres as well. Maloney's not traditionally the long kicker in the teams that he's played in with you know Townsend or, or Mitch Pearce before that. Um, but just in the playmaking sense, clear he's... He hasn't really had an established 5'8 next to him ever. He's had Cartwright and then into Tamari Martin, who's a, another young player, and then into Matt Moreland, who was a, a fullback making his way into the half. So he's really been the guy running the team for his entire career. So now having this seasoned veteran playmaker next to him, does that, does that take some points off him? And I, th- I think for me, Nathan's not in my side, but I think the 818k price is a little bit too much for me. And as you say, CK, you know, last year it was almost... Nathan's side, he guided him around, but having Jimmy there this year, and I suppose he's a gun goal kicker. He's yeah, one of the best we've seen. He you know, kicks goals consistently well. So um, yeah, look for me, I I will stay away from Nathan because of the the price the price factor, yeah. and as you say, like he's you know just starting his career. So who knows where that price can go for Nathan in twelve to eighteen months? So for me, I'm staying away, but. There's plenty of upside for Nathan Cleary as a young player. Yeah, he's kind of made for fantasy as a half. He's got a huge kicking game, good defensively, you know, doesn't mind running the ball, scores a few tries. Um, but yeah, with Maloney there and just, you know, the salary cap's tight this year <laughs> yeah. and, and you've got to spend big somewhere and I don't know if that's necessarily the base, best place to do it, but he could easily score 50, 55 points a game again this yeah. season. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised. Number seven on our list, again, a bit of an unknown right now, uh, Joey Jones yesterday. Went out and uh, saw him speaking about the new Country Rugby League initiative. He said to Roosters fans, be patient with uh, what we're going to be seeing out of that club. Obviously, he's been working alongside Cronk. But uh, 
He comes in at number seven. What are we thinking with him this year? I can't see how he's going to be a better fantasy scorer at the Roosters than he was at the Storm, other than potentially Cameron Smith was a big kicker of the footy and, and Jake Friend isn't. Um, it's a, you know two or three points a game in kick metres he might pick up. I can't, I can't see where the extra points are going to come from to make him more than just a low 40s scorer. I'm the same. I think Cooper will just be yeah, um, very similar um, to where he was last year. We've, we've all spoken about how the unknown about the Roosters, how, they're, how they'll play, um, you know, how will Cooper be without Slater and uh, Cameron Smith? Um, you know, will Tedesco take points off? You say, will you got Jake Friend, Luke Keary. Um, there's so many good fantasy scorers at the Roosters. So for me, I think, yeah, Cooper's sort of, yeah, there's, yeah, that's, it's pretty flat for me. Like, there's not a lot I feel that Cooper yeah. can improve, and I don't think he's going to decrease too much. But um, I think the price, 588, is uh, not too bad. He's sort of around the same mark as Brody Croft. He's a bit less than JT, but he's certainly way less than Nathan Cleary. But, yeah, for me, I'm staying away. Yeah, I think he'll improve a bit. The the Jake Friend factor is is mm. something. Um, him and Jake Friend and Cameron Smith are very different players. Smith runs it a lot more. He kicks it a lot more. He gets involved with playmaking generally more than Friend does. He's more of a tackle machine. So I think Cronk will pick, pick up a bit there. He'll get a few more points in force dropouts, you'd expect. But it might be a five-point bump, which isn't enough to make him a real moneymaker. And he's still probably just shy of a keeper. He might score 45 points a game, mm-hmm. expect. Um, yeah, so there's some points, but not a yeah. huge Well, basically, point. he's too expensive to be a cash cow, it's and he's this, probably yeah. not going to improve enough to well, be It's funny how we say about two of the greats, yeah. Thurston and Cronk, and we've sort of staying well clear yeah, of them for fantasy. They're not being, <laughs> being one of the greats of the game. It doesn't automatically make you a great of, of fantasy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, over to the best-scoring halfback of 2017, uh, my man, John Johnson, over there at the Warriors. He's now going to be running alongside... You hope a stable Blake Green. Uh, we'll get our first glimpse of their combo this weekend when they face uh, Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, I think Sean Johnson uh, is probably going to be more of the same. I think you get what you pay for. You're paying a lot, but you're going to get... Um, he's, he's a guy who can score 40 points in... 40 fantasy points in five minutes with a, a couple of big plays and um, usually gets enough of those that he scores consistently through the year. I don't imagine he's going to decrease or increase substantially either way. See, for me, what I love about Sean, even though he's at 835k mark, you, it's that brilliance and he can offer, you know, with creating a try or scoring a try, breaking tackles. Um, yeah, we've seen him score length of the field tries and we've seen him score tries inside his own 10. He's a goal kicker. Um, if you can, yeah, capture some brute, some of that brilliant form we've seen over the last couple of seasons with the um, the added of Blake Green, there will certainly be a fantasy gun in twenty eighteen for me. I like Sean Johnson as purely on the fact that it's just his brilliance in attack that he um, that he delivers, and the goal kick helps as well. So um, he might be a little bit expensive for some, but I like the eight thirty five. Yeah, he's actually added consistency in fantasy, at least, in the last few years, just with his kick meters. So I think he makes more kick meters a game than anyone else, or he did last year, mm. um, which it's a slight factor there with Blake Green joining this year. We saw last year David Cherry Evans' scores went down a little bit, which could have been because he was playing alongside Green, who's another quality half. Um, ditto here with the Warriors. It, is it going to mean... Green takes some of the playmaking role yep. off. Well, when, when I was over there, Green did say that he's just going to steer the ship and let, yeah. let, let Sean, you know, run a mark and do his thing. So. Exactly. So that could mean more, you know, more often mm. kicks in the last go to Green instead of Johnson. Who knows? So there's a slight risk there that he drops a little, but he's, he's still going to be good. Yeah. 
Coming in number nine, uh, Mitch Moses at the Eels, uh, 514k. Bit of a, yeah, bit of a... he's in a similar basket to Cronk to me in that I can see slight improvement, mm. but at the mid-range he's a bit pricey to be a, a cheapie and he's not going to score enough to be a keeper, so it's whether you think he can improve enough to be worth selling down the track. I think obviously last year we saw um, the best of Mitch Moses in the back half of the year, um, playing, you know, obviously with the Eels there, and um, there's always a lot of spoken about Mitchell and his defence and... Um, that affect his game, but I think you know, Brad Arthur put some good people around Mitchell Moses to improve his defence, but his attack to, you know, went to another level in that back end of the mm-hmm. year, and I think the Eels themselves know they've got to improve on what they did, um, the way they went out of the finals, and they're a bit of an unknown side, I think, the Eels, like, will they improve as a team, will they stay where they are, will they um, you know, slide down the ladder, they'll see the talk about Hayne coming back into the coming back to the Eels, but yeah, Mitchell Moses, I'd like to see him think that he will improve on what he did you know, last year, you know, an average 40 in the back end of the season. I think he can improve, um, but uh, only time will tell. Yeah, he had a 10-point jump, basically, when he switched clubs mid-season, was excellent at Parramatta. Um, again, though, yeah, it's whether he's going to improve enough to be either a keeper or a real cash cow moneymaker, and he's kind of probably a bit shy of that. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Matt Moylan uh, switched over to the Sharks. We saw a bit of him on Saturday night. The, the three of us, we were at, at that game. Yep. We uh, spoke to Flano after the game, and he said he was surprised to see that Moisa was going and picking up the tea. Uh, what do we make of him just from, you know... Mm, that was an interesting quote from Flano. I don't... If you're the coach, do you not want to have a plan as to who's <laughs> going to take the goals rather well, the than tell, just... The, the listeners that don't know, Flano was basically... We questioned him, were you surprised that Moisa, you know, went for the kicking? He was like... That's not a conversation we had about before game. I just mm. thought they'd just go out there and figure it out themselves. Yeah. Um, then he said, "There's been no real strategic plan." Obviously, the Sharks. Who's going to replace James Maloney's goal kicker? But then he said afterwards that um, Chad Townsend's probably got the edge at training in terms of the percentages. So does that mean when the actual um, the real game start that Townsend actually gets it because he's doing better at training, or does the cheeky Penrith boy just go over and pick up the tee again because he wants to? So I don't, I don't well, know if that's very relaxed about it. <laughs> well, he kicked relaxed. in the first half. Trent Hodkinson yeah. kicked in the second half. Um, yeah. Well, when Ho- when Hocko was on, all the other uh, candidates were off. I think so. Townsend, yeah. Val Holmes, and Marlon Roloff. So um, it's no brainer that I guess Hocko was going to take it when he was on the field. Um, so yeah, I guess we still don't know if Moyes is going to keep when the season proper starts. But does that does that improve him enough? Do we see enough from him at five eight to Penrith to be worth a buying fantasy? Oh, I, th- I don't think so. Uh, and it, it clearly showed that he's going to play six for the Sharks. Um, yep. Val will be the one. I think a few errors in his game on the weekend. CK so, obviously it's all new and maybe a few nerves and trying to adjust to the way the Sharks play and play alongside Chad Townsend. Obviously Wade Graham didn't play. Who is going to play on the left with Matty Moylan? But a few errors and yeah, it's um, Matty Moylan's not in my side for fantasy. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, it, I think it's kind of a hopeful thing. People thinking he's changing clubs, maybe he'll get a boost. I'm not sure. It, it might actually help. You know, maybe it helps Townsend having a new halves partner. Maybe Townsend takes mm. some more kicking. Wait and see. But I think he's like a few other guys we've mentioned here who has a bit of upside, but maybe not enough to justify buying him. Let's just quickly go around the room quickly. The other notables that didn't make the list: uh, Mitch Pearce. Um, Dom, did you have anything you want to say about this? Yeah, I think he's another guy who's going to improve. He's going to be he's going from a Roosters team with a lot of stars to being obviously the number one guy at, at the Knights. He'll probably do all the kicking alongside Watson. Um, bit of upside. He was a gun already, so I think he could. You know, there's a good chance he ends up being the top scoring half of the year. 
And I think obviously Cody Nicarima, um, you know, replacing Ben Hunt, a bit of pressure around the kid. Um, can he live up to the expectation to play consistently week in, week out, and be that number seven um, and fill the void that Ben Hunt's made? Um, I'm certainly steering clear of him. And obviously the other one is another um, candidate's DCE. I've yet to see him play. It was certainly um, very impressive in 2017, but. Blake Green, I think, helped his game last year. And as we touched on at the top, you know, who will be the bloke that partners DC? It will be Lachlan Croker, Jackson Hastings. Um, we'll certainly see this weekend how DC plays. He's obviously also chasing the origin jumper. Yes. So maybe, again, yet, yet, again, he's chasing it, but maybe that will be a bit of a boost for uh, his season. Who knows? But uh, moving forward, uh, the top 10 second rollers that everyone's punting on at the moment, we're going to get straight into it. And we're going to go with number two, uh, Jason Tamalolo. Well, yeah, we'll skip past Bryce Cartwright, who we've already talked about. Jason Tamalolo, um, a bit like Sean Johnson, who we mentioned in the halves. He's just you're paying top dollar, and you're getting you're Good getting reward. what you pay for. You're getting an absolute elite gun keeper who's going to score you a mountain of points. Um, my question, though, with Tamalolo is with Matt Scott back on the field and with Jordan McLean joining the club. What we saw last year was he was just the go-to guy in the middle. He was taking those tough carries early in the set to try and set things up and then he was taking the impact runs mm. later in the set I think you're going to find this year less of those early set impact runs with McLean and um, and Scott to help out and he'll be more focused on the end of set ones how much that impacts his point scoring it remains to be seen where I think he um, went to a new level in fantasy was pretty much I think the last three months of the season when the Cowboys had so many obviously JT went you know Matt Scott was gone for the season they were busted towards the end of the season the Cowboys and, and in some ways I think Talmawala carried the Cowboys to that uh, you know, grand final last year. You know, Matt Scott back in, as you said, CK. Jordan McLean there, Thurston back. There's players there that can take fantasy points. You know, obviously, Jordan McLean and Matt Scott, in particular in that middle of the ruck area, can take some fantasy points from Jason Talmawala. But certainly, a gun. Like, he is 914k, but he's worth the risk and worth throwing in your side. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was so amazing last year. It's hard to see him improving on it, as you say, and, and he could easily drop points. He could, you could buy him. He could play really well, score 55 points a game, and then lose 100,000 on that starting price. So, is that where you want to put all your money first yeah. up? Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Nelson is off for Solomon, uh, 481k. Uh, let's quickly go around the table, Chris. Yeah, I think part of it is the loss of guys like Torhu Harris and Jordan McLean. Talk of Big Nass playing on an edge, which could in, in previous minutes. He was a, a force of nature in that World Club Challenge. Very hard to stop against Leeds, so I think uh, a lot of fantasy coaches are tipping some attacking uh, points for him this year. Yeah, and as you said, I think that is the... Um the, the enticing one for fantasy coaches is the fact that um, it is expected Nelson will play more minutes, but also not only play in the middle, but also play on edge. You know, if you've seen Nelson, look at this, he's a monster. Um, you know, he was outstanding at World Club Challenge game. So I think there's plenty upside for um, Nelson um, and you know, fantasy coaches have him in their side in 2018. Yeah, like like Croft, he's jumped from fifth most popular to third most popular. In his position in the last one game. One game. <laughs> we haven't got much to uh, to go on yet this year. But um, yeah, he, the risk is he looks like he's still going to be coming off the bench this year. So mm. probably with more minutes. Um, so you're mostly banking on him improving as a player, you know, taking on more responsibility. He's going to be one of those stars in that storm pack this year. So um, there's there's definite upside there. Bruce is cheapy coming in at 212k. Brock Gray um, maybe won't play that much. Mm. Yeah, he's just a dual position guy at minimum price. I think that's why he's in a lot of teams. Yeah, bad call. 
<laughs> straight to number four. Yeah, straight to number four. We'll go straight to number five. A, a giant error. 409k. Yeah, news from up north uh, via Katie Brown, who broke the news, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that he'd broken his ribs. Um, apparently still in line for a round one spot. Um, he looks like a, a cut price keeper at this point. Um, a bit like Jared Wallace was last year, coming down from the Broncos in search of more minutes. Um, if he does start round one, uh, presumably... Bryce Cartwright's tipped him out of the 13 jersey, but hopefully he starts a proper in the, the back row or either way he gets plenty of minutes. And uh, what is he, about 400? 409. I think that's so, the thing with um, Jai is the fact that Cartwright's in the mix now yeah. and there's talk Ryan James will move to an edge now, but obviously um, Wallace will miss the, the first few games um, with suspension, but not good news if he has got busted ribs and you know, puts his selection for round one um, up in the air. Yeah, I think he went from being a fantastic buy to being a risk when Cartwright signed. And it's still a risk if he starts round one because um, uh, Wallace is out. And then if Wallace comes back, who knows? Does Darry go back to the bench? Do they reshuffle? It's a bit of a mystery. So he's still pretty cheap. But yeah, there's a few more question marks now than there were a few weeks ago. Yeah. Coming in number six, Cameron Murray. Uh South's 20-year-old. Big chat around this kid. He's going to be a big future ahead for him. Um, he's in the Emerging Blue squad. Mm. What do you think of him? He comes in at 553k. Well, it's because he put out some big scores towards the end of last year. He's pumping out some big fantasy numbers, playing big minutes for South towards the end of 2017. All the talk is that he might start in the 13 for South, which would push Sam Burgess to prop all the second row. Um, if he is, he's going to get big minutes and he's a cut price keeper, but I guess the question mark is whether he does get those minutes. Well, I suppose averaging 55 in the last month of 2017, Haley is certainly enticed fantasy coaches. Um, you know, obviously, there's a bit of disappointment for the Rabbitohs, but the upside was to see the likes of Cameron Murray, Angus Crichton, you know, Zane Musgrove, these young forwards were tremendous for him in that back end of the, uh, the month for the Rabbitohs. But um, yeah, yeah, averaging 55, fantasy coaches want to see that. Um, yeah. to begin the season. So can he um, deliver that output um, to start the year? Um, question marks around it. Yeah, pretty much it comes down to if he gets to the number 13 jersey in round one, then he'll be in a lot of teams. If Sam Burgess stays there, then you know he might not. So I think he's carrying an injury at the moment as well, which puts another question mark around him. But yeah, potential gun. Rudolf Tumunga, 212k. Did I say that right? That... <laughs> Tumunga. Yeah, thank you very much. Very like Brock Gray. A cheapie yeah. for the Bulldogs, but very unlikely to play. Yeah, move on. Oh, okay, great. Uh, Angus, Angus Crichton, uh, a name that no one around this office can seem to spell. Um, he was awesome in 2017 breakout season. Uh, he comes in high price point, 880k. Mm, one of the absolute fantasy superstars of, of last year went from potential to just out and out one of the best fantasy players in the game. Um, I don't see any upside, which is the problem here, and the fact that he's on his way out of the club at the end of the year um, potentially puts a, a cloud over his minutes. If you've got other guys like Cam Murray and, and so on, you know, Tyrell Fomano, these guys going well in the pack, um, does Crichton sort of move down the pecking order given that he's on his way to the Roosters? Also carrying a bit of an Achilles injury at the moment as well, so he hasn't featured in the trials, and I don't think he's playing the charity shield for the same reason, so a few question marks around Angus. And obviously the finger injury, but yes, 880,000 off the back of a breakout season. Um, yeah, can he, can he live up to the hype of 2017 and continue that form? Yeah, I'm not sure, as you said, CK, he's following a year at the Bunnies. Um, how will he play? Will his you know, new coach, will his role play, will his game change um, from where it was last year? So certainly potential and obviously in that merging blue squad as well. But yeah, 880,000. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't see um, a massive jump for Angus Crichton. Yeah, like Tom Lolo, it was so great last year. It's hard to see 
any improvement. Just caught everyone by surprise, really. Just yeah. popped up and was this mm. superstar straight away at, at the Rabbitohs. So, um, yeah, he'll be good again. I don't think he'll drop off, even though he's going to the Roosters next year. But it's hard to see him improving. So it might be other places where you can spend your money. How do you say his name, Steve? Luciano <laughs> Leilua. I'm just... I'm getting all the other There's a few tongue twisters. Luciano uh, Leilua. Cheap Dragons player, 228k. Are we bothering going to dissecting him or are we just going yeah, to go yeah, to yeah. the next? Oh, brother, of, brother of Joey Leilua, yeah. but he plays in the back row. Um, lots of talk that he's sort of... You know, about to break out as an NRL star at the Dragons. The problem for me is just the number of other good forwards they've got between, you know, DeBellin and Frizzell and Tarek Vaughan and Gray and Tarek starting now, and even the young guys like Host and Hame Sele. Yeah. This is so much competition for minutes and spots. Um, if he does end up with a big minute role, it'd be a great buy, but it's a big if. It's almost one to carry in the reserves bench, I think, Haley, and I think as CK, it's like there's been so much potential around this kid. Um, I think the Dragons see a big future in. Leilua, but um, the depth in the Dragons forward pack this year is, is huge, and um, I don't see him starting the season for the Dragons um, unless he has a wowser of a charity shield or you know, wowser of the next couple of weeks and they get a heap of injuries, but uh, maybe someone to carry on your reserves bench. Yeah, really promising player, but yeah, at a different club, he might be a good shout for fantasy, but yeah, hard to see him get huge minutes of the Dragons. Josh McGuire, 679k, workaholic grade, uh, base stats... Yeah, we he. Do we see any upside from Maguire? I think I know we, they've lost a few forwards like Adam Blair and um, these sort of guys. But he sort of did what he's going to do last year. Well, I think that with Josh, he's that versatility. You know, he can play in the nine position. He can play middle. He can play on an edge. But I really think it's going to be a tough year for the Broncos. Personally, yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, they lost so many players at the end of last year. Obviously, Adam Blair's gone um, from those, the forward pack, and there seems to be almost this reliability on Josh McGuire and Matt Gillett to do all carry that, that carry the team, you know, that dirty work, the tough carries, mm. you know, make those, you know, 40, 50 tackles a game. So I think it's going to be a really tough year for the Broncos. 679, he's a workaholic. He has, you know, as you say, great base stats. Can he get his. Yeah, fantasy points to 50 or that 55 well, markets. Yeah, as you say, if he does have to lift his work workload even more this year with those guys gone, you know, there's a bit of upside there. He has scored 50 points, you know, a week before. It was a bit under that last year. So it's that and, and dual position, I think, people are wanting a flexible player in the, in the forwards. Now, while we wrap this up, we'll just quickly go around the table. Um, mm. notice, notable players that we saw over the weekend were all at the Sharks game. I guess we saw a newcomer, Aaron Gray. He ran out with some purpose there at the Sharks. A uh, young winger, Sione Katoa, he looked to be submitting his spot on the right wing. Um, any yeah, any well, other guys you guys noticed over the weekend who you thought were? I said in a, a previous podcast I was sitting on Aaron Gray in my bench just as a potential cut price dual position player, but it looks like he's down the pecking order at the Sharks. He, he played big minutes in the trial, but he played all of it at centre, and when Dugan and um, Ricky Latelli come back, I think he might be back to reserve grade. But the name on everyone's lips is Sione Katoa, who's caused plenty of uh, waves through the, the fantasy community through the, uh, the off-season. He's absolutely explosive, um, as we all saw at Shark Park last Saturday night, busted through heaps of tackles, scored one try, and lucky not to be awarded a second. Um, Flano was very um, positive about it, the, the pre-season he had. It sounds like he's the front-runner for that right-wing spot, and uh, yeah, he's going to be just about the most popular player in fantasy. If he he, he wasn't in fantasy until fairly recently. He's just been added True. the last week or two, so... Yeah, I can yeah, expect to see him rise up those these lists of mm. most popular buys. And another one out of that game, CK will there is um, obviously for the Manly side. Yeah, Darcy Lussick went down in the first minute or two of the game with an ankle injury. He's now going to be out for about four to six weeks. And 
The name on Trent Barrett's uh, mind after the game, who he gave a huge rap to, was Aiden Fanua Blake. And I know next week we'll touch on the front rowers and the hookers, but I would imagine now with the injury to Darcy Lussick, Aiden Fanua Blake in some ways will probably start in the front row alongside Marty Tapao for the Manly Seagulls come round one. And he was very impressive. You know, played the first half, um, good carries, big meters. Um, and I can only see upside for um, Aiden Fanua Blake in regards to fantasy. Another man over the weekend was from the Bulldogs. We've all spoken about him. Michael Leisha scored a try, laid on, laid on a try. We spoke about how we expect his attacking numbers to go up. And by the reports out of their trial with the Raiders last weekend, uh, Michael Leisha was very impressive. Yeah. Also very impressive, just generally, was the Melbourne Storm. Yes, <laughs> as usual. As usual. Uh, a couple of guys we've already talked about today from the Storm. Uh, Jesse Bromwich is another one who had a good game. Um, yep. And I guess we'll be talking about him more next week. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm going to have a coffee. Uh, this is Chris Kennedy, Steve Turner and Dom Brock. I was going to post Steve Burns. Uh, catch you next time.